Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Quick housekeeping today. We've got some cool free things that you guys can get, do, cool, all that stuff. Sure. So News. Yes, news. <laughs> and opportunities. <laughs> the first one is about the book club. Do you want to tell them the name of the book? Sure. So the book we chose for our winter book club is a book that takes its time an unhurried adventure in creative mindfulness if there was a book that couldn't be better suited for this podcast I don't know what it what it would be but this book um filled with hundreds of paper goodies it's made by the company that makes flow magazine so it's also like an introspective journal in some spots has articles from the magazine in other spots and then has bits and pieces of like paper documenting things like holy moly <laughs> i know it's so, so cool yeah you texted and, me at like yeah. an ungodly hour where we both should not have been awake no and it was the perfect book it is the perfect book yeah we were going back and forth about like what book could it be? We tossed a few ideas around and then knowing that we needed a book, like upped our game into searching for a book. And then you're right in the middle of like the night when we both normally wouldn't be awake. I came across this book, texted it to you and the rest is history. So yeah. And this is going to be our winter book. So we will be reading this book, a book that takes its time exclusively through the end of March. But I'm thinking that we might go into spring a little bit with this one because it is packed it is so packed with just so many to do's so many things that are just like cool there's there are multiple notebooks inside this book and I think that if the book is called the book that takes its time it would be very unnatural to not take our time with this book you know what I mean absolutely we and should just, just listen to the book there's so much in here yeah. Vulnerability is the glue that holds relationships together. Yeah. I'm like really excited to dive into this book. And so you guys, as you guys know, the book club is for our Patreons. And you can join our Patreon, which is the cool exclusive club that helps support the show and makes it so that Amanda and I can put the show on and make it amazing for you guys. And so you can head over to patreon.com slash craftiestfemale and support the show. But we are giving away a copy of a book that takes its time, and you do not have to be a Patreon patron, a patron on Patreon. <laughs> yes, you do not have a to Patreonite. be a patron on Patreon to win a copy of this book, but you do have to follow us on Patreon, and that's free. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash female. and on the left-hand side, you should see a little button that says follow, and uh, all you have to do is create a free account. Say well, you want to follow Crafty Ass Female, and then you'll start getting all of our free blog posts, and you'll see one that says book club giveaway. So just comment on that post, and you can be entered to win a book that takes its time, and we will ship this book to anywhere in the world. As long as you follow us on Patreon and comment on the post. I'm like super, I'm really excited. And so we'll be giving this book away. We'll be giving two books away. So tell your friends, and you can... Join the book club at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale. The book club episode will be coming out on Friday. Mm, February 22nd. February 22nd. I was like, is it March already yet? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it's March already yet. So February 22nd, the book club book will be coming out and we will introduce the book. We'll be talking about the things that we will definitely be going over. And 
you can grab the book now and you can join us on the discord for book club chat if you are a patreon member and guys join the patreon it's amazing it is the best way to support the show it is the best way to help make sure that the shoe comes out every single monday on time and you can help make the show that you love an amazing reality and possibility and really join the most cool club on the planet and so if you've ever gotten any value out of this show one dollar really if you've felt like that you've gotten one dollar's value out of the show ever head over to patreon.com slash craftiestfemale and help support us and just another way to connect us all yeah and like that's one of the cool things is that on monday mornings after the show comes out we head over to discord and chat about the show and and it's really cool to hear the different perspectives of everybody and what they thought about this week's show and what you're loving about the show what you don't understand it means a lot that you guys want to talk to us and so if you want to catch up with us if you want to directly connect to us you can go to you know our website and join in the chat it's right up at the top craftyassfemale.com and just click on join the chat and you can join our discord server and then again if you are a patron if you are a patreon member you get access to lots more discord channels for private chat like our book club channel our project share channel and other cool things no our project share channel is free i'm sorry i lied but you do get other cool perks. And one more cool thing. Me, Kristen. Kristen is doing a free webinar for everybody this week for Valentine's Day at the Awesome Ladies Project. And you can register for my free learn how to document your life, learn how to tell your story in five minutes a week webinar at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash galentines. And uh, that should be really awesome too. Come and learn how to tell your story in five minutes a week. So many free, cool opportunity things yeah. for you. Yeah. I am Love really it. excited for this book, though. Same. Same. I just think your webinar, this book, like, it so speaks to, like, self-care and creativity at this time of the year. You know what I mean? Like, things you can do while in the house being warm, like, still connecting, like, finding your footing in the new year. Like, I just love the time of it all, kind of. Yes. Yeah. And we need to keep doing things that help us figure out what self-care is for us yeah because it's not always manicures it's not always facials it's not always like yeah I think the more we talk about this topic the more ever since your awesome ladies live really in August it's really like we've woven it in a lot of conversations and I just think like self-care at a higher level is just more authentic connectivity really with yeah, yourself you connect with to yourself like, yeah and connect with like to like-minded others. people too right yeah and I, think, I really do think that this book is a great way to connect because there are tiny 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 little micro connections with every little article with every little page with every little activity and i'm really excited for us to do these little activities together yeah and i'm just so pumped so breakdown book giveaway go to patreon.com slash crafty ass female hit the follow button find the post that says book club giveaway comment on the post we'll be giving away two books galentine's day webinar go to the awesomeladiesproject.com slash galentine's and you will find the invite to the webinar make sure you register and there is a free webinar and it is amazing and I am like so excited to hang out with people on live webinars. I love hanging out with people on live webinars. It makes me so excited. 
Um, and even if you can't make the live webinar, you'll get the recording sent to you. But Fun. book club, webinar, so many ways to connect. And now you get to hear the second half of our relationships episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. I, re- I really like this episode. Yeah. The, the second half of the episode, I think that there's so much good talking. I think we yeah. do so much really, really, really And again, talking. like, just like a lot of our other major topic hitters from seasons one and two, like, I really love that we kind of introed breakups and relationships and like this whole realm of like being a female and being us and our story like because now I think we can just weave it in as the episodes go so yay to intros and yay to scratching the surface of things (laughs) I completely agree yeah so thank you everybody who listens thank you to everybody who makes this show a possibility and we love you all so have an amazing Monday thank you again for listening to the show and come and talk to us on discord go to craftyassfemale.com and click on join the chat here's the show welcome to the crafty ass female podcast an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between we are your hosts amanda zampelli and Kristen tweedale and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. How are you? Tired after that long-winded breakup conversation. (laughs) I feel like we said so much and hardly said anything at all. Oh, my God, right? Tip of the iceberg there. Like Titanic. Yeah. (laughs) Or global warming. Yeah. Titanic and global warming. Yeah. At the tip, same time. Tip of the iceberg. But again, that Just is the tip. something. Yeah. <laughs> On so many levels. <laughs> um, yeah, but again. Yeah, like if you guys didn't hear the Patreon <laughs> conversation from last week, go back and like literally subscribe so that you can listen to last week's after chatter because it's awesome. Yeah, speaking of just the tip, it might not have even just been the tip. Right? We'll never know. So, today we're going to talk about next relationship steps, the things that happen after breakups. Yeah, second part of this kind of two-parter thing. We've talked about the breakups, and now it's about the, you know, kind of where we are after that. You're with Jeff. I'm, what I feel like is kind of on the next phase after this breakup that was devastating for me couple months ago but yeah like what are we doing with ourselves now and we're at a very different points I'm technically single you've been with Jeff for how long now almost 10 years how many times do you guys get asked when are you gonna get married or do you um that's a good question Hmm. I feel like it's, it would be something like every holiday or whatever. But then again, you don't live near the parents. Um, I, I feel like people know better than to ask us now. Mm, good. How did you get to that point? <laughs> That's a good question, too. <laughs> um, we've been together for 10 years. Wow. Well, and I think, like, we're both in the situation, like, 
we're both in a situation now where getting married right now does not make sense. Mm -hmm. It may have made sense five years ago. It may have made sense seven years ago. But it doesn't make sense for us to get married right now. It might make sense. It might make sense for us to get married in a year. It might make sense for us to get married in 18 months. But, like, it doesn't make sense for us to get married right now. It might make sense for us to be engaged. But, like, we're not. Like, that's not. And, like, so there are so many different stages. And I think that's going to be such an interesting part of our conversation today Mm -hmm. is, like, going through the stages of when you break up with a person, like, especially as a woman, especially as a woman and a millennial woman at that. Or, and I'm, you know, I guess that's that's not actually what I mean. Because I don't know if you have to be a millennial woman or if you just have to be a woman living in, like, the 2010s. Because I, I actually don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I am not a boomer. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not one of... I, I don't know what the, the difference is. So... Like, there's so many different stages of, well, you're a single person. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're dating. What does that mean? Oh, you are in a serious relationship. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're in a long-term relationship. What does that mean? Oh, okay, this is your partner. Like, you know, this is your person. What does yeah. that mean? Like, and then when do they, or do they even have to become a husband-wife? Right, and and... So, it, right now, Jeff's in grad school. You guys know how bad my headaches are. You guys, um, I, I, actually, when was the last time I talked about my headaches? I think the big one was when you talked about the new medicine. Okay, yeah. That was in an intro. So, um, all right, I talked about the new medicine. I have my... Uh, what's the best way to put this? Jeff's Jeff's student insurance sucks. Mm. So, like, if we got married, I would have to be on his student insurance, mm. which would not cover my, like, medication. And so my medication costs more than the average American person makes in a year. So, like, us getting married literally does not make sense. Because my insurance covers my medication. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that you have to consider when you get married. It's not just, oh, wow, we're in love. Let's get married. It is a, Although we'd like to think that. <laughs> right. And, and that, like, that's some bullshit like it, it is a legally binding contract you can't just you know be like oh okay yeah boy meets girl fall in love get married it's not like we you know we fought for gay marriage so that a man and a man or a woman and a woman could have the same legally binding contract and rights that straight people have when they enter into the contract of marriage with the state. And right now, me and Jeff entering into the legally binding contract of marriage with the state does not make sense. Specifically, because I am a sick person 
and I mean for so like a, you know a bunch of other reasons right now like yeah. what the hell are we gonna do I, I, Jeff's in grad school and I right now I'm building up my <laughs> own business yeah after being incredibly sick for eight years we don't have enough money to throw a wedding yeah Especially one where we have to ask everybody to come to Michigan. We also don't have time to do that. He's, like, literally trying to write a dissertation and work full-time. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not to say that that's not something we don't want in the future. Which it would be awesome. Like, we want kids. And I want to be married when we have kids. Yeah. I think you guys are just, like, in such a prime spot to, like, choose that. And, like have it be set up when it's right like you guys are just like working yourselves so that when you're ready it's good to go you're good to go for it you know right and and like that's those things like the fact that it is something that you have to think about it's not just a oh let's go do this because it's the thing that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and like that's not to say that I don't feel pressured mm-hmm like oh my like when we moved out here i have this this is another one of my very specific visual memories um i went shopping with my parents because there is no shopping here so we went shopping in paramus which is the mall capital of the world don't in jersey please yeah, no, please, please don't, please don't try to check me on this one. You'll be wrong. <laughs> um, so we went to Paramus and we went to the malls and we went to Dick Blick. And I very specifically remember this was right before we moved and we were talking and, and I was sitting in the back seat between my mom and my dad and I felt like, like a kid again. I literally felt like a kid again. And it was very silly and we were talking and my, they were, they were very, it was very sad in, in a way. And, like, my parents were talking about how they were going to miss me, but they were very happy that I was with Jeff and that we were together and we would do very well together. And then I just made a a little offhand comment that, like, you know, well, you know, it would have been nice if we would have been able to get married before we left. Mostly because, you know, it's something we would have, we want to do eventually. Mm -hmm. And if we would have been able to do it before we left... We could have done it in New Jersey where literally our entire families live. Okay. And And that was five years ago. Yeah. Immediately. Both of them were like, oh, no, that doesn't matter to us. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you guys are good parents. (laughs) You guys are really good parents. And, And that's one thing that both Jeff and I have that... I think is one of the the really strong things that has given us a great foundation is we both come from parents with incredibly strong marriages and that like that modeling is invaluable yeah and so having that like, we don't need to know, like, okay, well, he's not my husband, so, like, that doesn't, having that ring or having that name doesn't matter. Right. Like, it might matter to some people, but it doesn't 
You want you would take his name? No. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah, I don't think I when I get married I'd want to either, but I don't know. Right. Right. And I'm like I don't and, and that's not uh it doesn't mean it's like it's I wouldn't because it's not me. Right. I'm also the only on my dad's side, you know where my name comes yeah. from. Uh only my dad's sisters had kids. And they all took their husband's names. So it's not like anyone has the name. Mm. So I I feel like not obligated, but like kind of like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've thought it, about it a lot. Right. It's 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 a thing. Yeah. And so Right. Another thing it's, we got to be resourceful about and make a choice about. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now that you guys know my entire history and like life story about how I feel about my relationship and what I'm doing and how I feel. And marriage. Confession. Part of I've our straight Kristen up been, confession I, montage that we will one day do. <laughs> I've straight up been planning my wedding like for a long ass time, and I know like we're, like we're well, like there's a lot of details that have already been. That's so interesting. Like, oh I, yeah, yeah. Like like the dress. <laughs> no, not the yeah. dress. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I have like thoughts. Fun ideas. Yes, yeah, specific songs for specific moments. Uh, paper things. Because, duh. Paper, yeah. Um, I want... I mean, if we're here, I want it here. Right. When. Where. Like, real things. Like, I have a Pinterest yeah. pin board that's just, like, pipe dreams. No, yeah, like real things because yeah. I mean, I like to plan parties. I'm an introvert, but I really, really, really love planning parties. And like this is the party. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, you For know, sure. it doesn't really get any bigger than this one. Yeah. Well, that's good. But what? also like this is not the time. Yeah. And, like, I can't let my fantasy dream things, you know. Yeah. And, like, the, the other thing is, like, last week we talked about, last week when we talked about me thinking that Jeff was just going to be, like, my rebound person, mm-hmm. I was literally, con- like, I was so you were ultra that was it. Yeah. gung-ho. Like, cannot even believe how gung-ho I was about being, like, this single person ready to date in her 20s, living on her own, with a job. I was, like, dude, we went into New York City for Halloween. Not Jeff. He was gone somewhere. I think he was in Colorado or upstate New York. Um, New York City for Halloween with, like, some of my coworkers. We had simultaneously the best and worst times of our lives. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it rained so much and it was so wet that my jeans got so wet 
that they were wet literally up to the waistband. Uh, the entire, it was, and we, you know, we tried to go to the village to see the parade, but one, I'm like the tiniest person in the entire <laughs> world, so I can't see anything at all ever if there's a crowd. So you are small. Um, and then, oh, I literally had my hands up in the air. This is my, okay, time out. I have this theory, and I'm sure everyone else has this theory too, that you're like literally the combination of your five most used emojis. Sure. And my most amused, my most used emoji right now is the, uh, the lady with her hands that are just like shrug. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so I, yeah, I'm shrug emoji. So every time (laughs) there's silence on the podcast, just imagine me being the shrug emoji. (laughs) Is there ever silence on the podcast? (laughs) I'm trying to think of a time when we both don't have something to say. (laughs) It's very, very really good point. (laughs) So we're in New York City just having, like, literally the times of our lives. And I'm like, yes, this is this is it. I am, like, doing a job that I am good at. I am getting promotions. I, like, scored high the highest on the supervisor's exam out of, like, literally all of these, like, thousands of people that took it. And I'm like, shit, I am – I forgot what it was like to be great at things. And then I was great at this job – I was making money enough to like live and I'm like, oh, okay. I can just like date. Cool. <laughs> this is cool. Like I can be an adult. I've never felt that, but we'll get to that later. Go ahead. So and this then, is how you met Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff, we worked at the census and then we just, it, it, it started out as like, oh, okay, well, we'll just like hang out one day and we're hanging out with people. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, why don't we just hang out alone? And then I made him food. Oh. I yeah. John food, too. He was sold. Yeah, like, Jeff, I, I was like, yeah, I'll make you anything you want. What do you want? That's a really good part of this podcast that we should stress. If you're interested in a, in a guy, cook him something up real good. <laughs> you will hook him. And, and he was like, yeah, can you make me pork roulade? And I was like, yeah, I can totally <laughs> do that. Oh, my gosh. He was asking for a lot in the beginning. Right? That's pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty high bar. Wow. So I, ma- I did. I made him he pork roulade. He was trying roulade. to phase you out. If he, if he didn't have time for you, that would have been the, the proof. Yeah, I made him pork roulade. And that was like, I mean, that was do you know how like, he came over and like helped me? Do you know how long it takes to make pork roulade? It was like five hours. <laughs> and then we watched three movies. Oh, see? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, that's cool. And then we just started doing things. And like we started doing cool things. Yeah. Like, and like really cool things. And it probably felt cool because you two were so into each other. You know what I mean? They were and probably like, cool things that were exponentially cooler because of the cool chemistry that both of you had. Yeah, but like, I mean, we slept in Central Park so that we could get tickets to see Anne Hathaway perform in Twelfth Night. Yeah. We slept on top of the, you know, we literally fell asleep on the roof of the Met together. And then we, you know, 
went to Boston and we watched the 4th of July fireworks on the bridge between Boston and Cambridge. And we went to Vegas together. This was all in the first year? Yeah. You were on the fast track to connection, I guess. Yeah, we went to Vegas together at like, we've been dating for like six months. Um, We just did really cool things together. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay, well. I don't want to stop doing cool things together. (laughs) And and before him, and it was like, all fairy tales are stupid. Mm -hmm. Everyone who believes in fairy tale love is a moron. Anyone who thinks things happen like the way they do in movies or TV shows or anything like that is a... a joke and anyone who thinks that falling in love like that happens like that well they're just a uh, really dumb and uh naive and they should probably just i have no idea <laughs> but it was just like that yeah. it was like fairy tales yeah and i was like oh okay so this is what it's supposed to be like yeah not like anything is supposed to be like anything, but. But also, yes. I know exactly what you mean. And it also sounds, based on last week's episode, like it was what was missing from the first guy. It was, it was what, everything yeah. that was missing. Yeah. And so, like, that, that gut intuitive, you know, pull telling you that even though everything is fine and it could continue in this way, there's more that I'm supposed to do. You know, which is why you felt like you needed to be out of that relationship and why you guys eventually like and why you couldn't say when he said you want to do this anymore, be with me anymore. You said, I don't know, because what you did know is all that adventure was kind of missing. Yes. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. Yeah. When I met John and we started together, I felt that feeling of like, oh, now I get it. Like, I really did understand what a partnership ship felt like for the first year and a half we were together three years a little over three years almost three years one of those around there but the first whole half of it was pretty good pretty good until we just unraveled but the first whole half I was like oh like in eight years with Tomas that I never really felt that kind of partnership I felt like he Tomas was my uh my person and my partner and my best friend but like we were never as connected as John and I were in the beginning yeah and I think that's why it was such a crisis for me and John to break up because I believed in it so hard the way you're saying like I believe that this is how it's supposed to be this is what I found it and it's the answer you know but even that can well right and I think that even when you find those things at the beginning that's not necessarily forever yeah I think the falling in love doesn't necessarily mean that you are meant to be partners for life. And I think the thing that Jeff and I work on our relationship all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like if there are five things that you like if, if you can only do five things in your life. Like my relationship is probably number one. No, myself is number one. 
at least now at the at, right now because you know my headaches my anxiety my, like all the things that i've been working on over the last year myself is my number one mm-hmm. and that has helped my relationship but relationships have to be living things that you work on mm-hmm. and that has to be a two-way street yeah and people are gonna get pissed off at me for saying this but men are really difficult when it comes to that Mm. they haven't been socialized to have feelings and so when they have feelings they can't communicate about them you know women aren't that much better about it but they are because they've been socialized to be better about it especially when talking to other women but when you when you have that lack of communication in a relationship it's doomed and that's yeah. not just for uh, romantic relationships. It's not just for partner relationships. It's for any kind of relationship. If you have a lack of communication in your relationship, it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah, I mean, so many things since you started talking are swirling. Like, I feel like I believe everything you just said about communication is true. Everything you said about, you know, still needing to work on it. I think I'm a little handicapped in just relationships in general. A lot of reasons because of what I mentioned in the last week's episode. But, like, I don't really feel like I've ever had a really good example of what a good relationship looks like. I mean, my parents got divorced and probably should have been long before they did get divorced. My all of my family members, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, if they're not divorced, then they're together and I'm painfully aware they shouldn't be. So there's all that. It's all that I see like couples together and being trapped in it. I see couples divorced and then never really explaining how that feels and moving on what that's like or like I just have never really seen it. So I I think and a lot of what I base my ideals on is like TV constructed relationships which I am also painfully aware at this point in my life is not healthy but I always you know I so then when I get in relationships I feel like there's something lacking because I'm not willing to put in the work because I feel like it should it should be so seamless you know what I mean I think it's partly me but it's also red flags that I do see um but it's like such a weird combination and then you know I also kind of feel aside from just like never feeling like I had a good example, that thing that you said earlier where when you were free of that boyfriend, you felt like ownership of your life. Yeah, it's that thing you said before of like you breaking up with that first guy and then feeling this sense of like ownership of your life, right? Of like, yes, I can do this. I have a job. Like I've never felt that. I'm only now starting to feel that like, capability feeling so it was always like I felt like I relied so heavily on my parents and what their opinions or you know teachers or authority of some kind or boyfriend so it was very like I'm only now that with this recent breakup and being on my own in my own space like at 34 right that's so, it's just like I'm just such a late bloomer like that is my life story I'm late bloomers club all the way other late bloomers holla if you hear me like I just watch and observe for such a long time before anything ever really lands on me. So anyway, so I'm only now understanding how capable I really am of like being okay by myself. But like that's just taken phases, you know, of like 
life and seasons, I guess. And I wanted to say phases of boyfriends, but that's not how I view them. I very much felt like both of those people were important and integral parts of my life and that I would eventually marry and have kids with both guys. I pictured children with them, you know. But anyway, so now where I am and just being single and feeling like, you know, over the worst part of the grief, although I still get sad from time to time, I do feel much stronger processing it through my December daily and writing about it and all that. And now with this job that I have that I can actually take care of myself. So my therapist encouraged me about a little over a week ago to hop on Tinder, which I, and online dating in general, I've been so resistant to from the get. My sister is like an online dating connoisseur. Like she's on all of them. She has a a date a week. She comes back with nothing but horror stories. Sister, I love you, but I think you have your own relationship issues that you need to get, you know, handled. But I've told her that to her face as well. So don't think that, you know, but so here I am on Tinder, right? And leave it up to me for my first sign on on Tinder. Within the first five minutes, I weed through the whole bunch of like weeds, I guess, and pluck the one flower. Leave it to me to find the one flower on Tinder that I'm like, oh, I could work with this. Literally five minutes on a Tinder, this guy and me strike up a conversation. It's like 7.15 in the morning. I say, oh, I see you like Tinder with your breakfast. He says, yeah, Tinder, egg and cheese, salt and pepper, side of ketchup. Like he is picking up what I'm putting down. He is witty and fun and cute. And we, we, tindered whatever you call that for about 45 minutes never said hey ma I like your hair hey ma never any of that cheesy shit just straight up adults conversation never like it was like I was so afraid of tinder the swiping like tugged on my moral compass and I was like how the hell if I don't know these people can I just say no but like here I go like the whole thing was trippy to me and whatever but here I am on tinder I find this like within five minutes this guy we have a great conversation I say oh I gotta go to my gym in the morning and he goes oh okay and I find out that I pass where he works on my way to work every day that we technically don't live close but like I pass his work five days a week so he said oh well we should you know meet up for coffee sometime and I'm like okay like I can't believe this is happening five minutes on tinder like this is good and the fact that I was getting hopeful that was something I was like in shock again after the breakup I'm like there I go spinster town I'll never meet anyone again like this is how I legit feel about it so the fact that I was getting excited talking to another guy like it was mind-blowing he says let's meet up so he tells me this past week like oh let's touch base Monday Tuesday never touches base with me Monday never touches base with me Tuesday I still haven't heard from this guy I said 40 minutes we had a great little tinder messaging and I haven't heard from him so anyway, so this is where I'm at. I'm on Tinder. I don't know how to meet people. <laughs> I have relationship OCD, so when I do meet people, it's extremely frightening. Um, yeah, and I feel old, even though I'm not old, but I feel old. And, you know, I'm on Tinder, and I'm swiping, and how many, like, muscle guys or cars or sports jerseys, like, I just... 
how typical can you be? Like, I find the one guy that's like posted a picture of like him doing like not your typical thing. Like, so now I'm stuck on him and I only want to date him. And there's like thousands of Tinder people that I could probably go on a date. And that's another thing. I told my therapist, I go, you know, I'm probably not ready. But he said, he's like, you don't have to be ready. You could still go out to dinner with someone. But that idea to me was like, how can I go out to dinner for, with someone if I'm not totally into him? Like, for me, I'm a very black and white person, like, all or nothing, but that's a horrible way to be. Like, you have to make room for the in-between. Right. You just had a 40-minute conversation with someone. That's step one. That's step one. And it was... Dude, there's a hundred... There are literally... <laughs> we, right, we just talked about this. There are, you know, shades of going through grief. Yeah. And you can't go from one boyfriend to another boyfriend. <sighs> I know. So you need to go through... 40-minute Tinder conversation. You need to go through coffee. You need to go through dinner. You need to go through awkward sex with a dude. Like, oh my God, I'm so like. It's, it's going to happen. And like, it's just, you know, it's going to happen. I'm sorry. Like, just, you know. know. But you're going to, but, but, but the, to- the thing is, is you're going to learn from 40-minute Tinder conversation. You're going to learn from coffee. You're going to learn from dinner. You're going to learn from awkward first sex with a dude. And all of those things are going to make you stronger and better and a a a more secure partner when you eventually find someone that you want to be a partner with yeah they're like it's like going and getting shots it's like going and getting like you know doing training for like shitty things and a new job it's so that you can be better they're all learning experiences yeah so true so true it's it's yeah, it's just hard. It's like one of those things that are hard. It doesn't have to be hard. I think I make it harder. So I'm learning to, to feel that being hard, feel the anxiety about it, and then moving forward anyway. That's like my new mantra. But so, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at with it is Tinder dating. And, yeah, I watched recently um, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in the in the car getting coffee which I'm appreciating more and more with every episode I watch I like that he chooses a car based on who he's picking up it, I always say like it's kind of like if we were to meet up if we were to interview like a crafty ass female we would then pick our, an embellishment of ours that matched her <laughs> it's like the cutest thing I love how he does it he picks the car and he talks about why he thinks it matches the person anyway he had Neil Brennan on who I'm becoming a big fan of he's another comedian Neil Brennan he has a special three mics on Netflix too which I watched but they were talking about this about like finding a person and how like hard it is to date and they came, they both came to the conclusion and part of their conversation where Neil Brennan just goes you know you just got to trick one person and then it's out of your life forever like you just got to like and then they talked about it as like tricking like you just got to trick someone that you're worth it and all that it's like just to get to that one person who you could trick so Into I lo- thinking that you're like perfect for that <laughs> yeah yeah, until the real work comes in, like we're talking about. And then it's, you know. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing is that it is work. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you are going to grow as a person. Yeah. And it's hopeful that you'll find a person that you can grow in the same direction with. Yeah. But like, that's not always going to happen. Yeah. Okay, it's Robin Woodman. And it was Insta- and it was in her Instagram stories today, but I know she's running a free workshop on it. It's about how using you can use your value system to write out 
what you want in a future partner. And I thought that was really awesome and we could talk about it today. I think that's the biggest thing that you need to have in a partner is a, an alignment of values. Because when you're living out your values, you are the most happy. You're like you, that's how you align your happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow. And when you have a partner whose values are aligned with you, that's, I think that's your best chance to grow together in yeah. happiness. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's what we all want, is to grow together in happiness. Yeah. And I think it's the same for uh, personal relationships, too, not non-romantic relationships. Because I think this happens with our friendships, too, is that a lot of the times our, our friendships that, that wilt, our friendships that die, are because we have values that are out of alignment. I agree. And, like, breaking up with those friends suck. Like, it just sucks when you have, you know, especially when they're lifelong friends and you don't realize that, like, oh, okay, well, I can't be friends with this person anymore because their values are out of alignment with mine. It's so funny that you say that because I think of my good friend that I had for 30 years that I always say, like, she was more like my cousin because I grew up with her and we never went to school together, but whatever. But we, after 30, just, Mm -hmm. like, weren't friends anymore. And I always think, like, she had such a big influence, I think, on my insecurity in relationships because she was the type of girl and type of friend who since, who has had boyfriends since third grade. And we already established last episode, I didn't really have one until, like, my 20s. And she was literally flavor of the week, flavor of the week, flavor. I would talk to her on Monday. She'd say, oh, this new guy, Joe, Mike, John, Joe, Mike. It was always a Joe or a Mike. Like, I don't know where she found all these Joes and Mikes, but that's who she dated. Are you kidding? You live in New York City. (laughs) You're Italian. Joey D and Joey J and Mikey B. and Right. So Joe and Mike, all her Joes and Mikes, she would tell me Monday, oh, this guy. And it was the same carbon copy conversation. By Friday and Saturday, she wouldn't be into him or he'd be a jerk until the next and I'm thinking to myself where the hell do you find all these guys and that was her literal it's it's the, it's the 99 guys that you're swiping the wrong way yeah. on Tinder <laughs> and my mom tells me this all the time she goes it isn't hard to find a guy it's hard to find a good guy I'm like okay all right I understand like you know I try to internalize that but just seeing how she was and how and I now know looking back like that wasn't healthy and she was filling something else a void somewhere else but it always made me feel like I don't have this urge to like hurry up and get with someone I really want to be with someone but of quality like it was never about quantity so that always messed with me so like you're saying breaking you know breaking up with that toxic kind of like example was also a breakup and now that I'm dating to break up with that notion of like no there's not anything wrong with you if you're swiping left 90 percent right. of the time yeah and then 99.9 percent of the time <laughs> more accurate yeah yeah no like you know what you want and it's yeah it's not that yeah but i also have to be careful that i'm not being too rigid because i could fall into that as well just like too Oh, well, I only want this. Yeah. Or like I won't give anything else a chance, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, but going back to before we, I change the topic a little bit, what you were just saying about uh, Robin Woodman and her values. Yes. I did. I listened to a podcast with Erin Little Photo is her, her on Instagram. I think I've linked it in the podcast before. But she talked about how she was making a list of like the qualities she wanted in a guy or whatever, kind of like values-based, whatever. And it was only when she changed her list to saying what I want that like changing it to I and not putting it on like he has to have but I need this like once she changed her list to an I need this list she said like a few days later she met her boyfriend it was like she she pinpointed to the universe what she needed out of the universe as opposed to what someone needed to give her yeah and and like that's that's the thing that really I think happened with me and my relationship was I didn't think of it as being this long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. I just thought of it as like, well, I want to do all of these cool things Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it with this person who is also really enjoying doing these cool things. Like, Mm -hmm. and we did such cool things. We went to concerts, we went to festivals and it was like, okay, well, I never had anyone else that wanted to do things like this with me before. Yeah. And why would I stop hanging out with someone that wanted to do all the cool things with me? That's totally in alignment with right. your values at the time, yeah. Yeah, and so like then we just kept hanging out and doing cool things. Yeah. And because I had a job where I was working conservatively 75 to 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, overdo it with boyfriend time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was really great. Yeah. So, like, you know how, like, sometimes when you dive into relationships, it can be like, oh, okay, let's... Like, cause I'm watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend right now, mm-hmm. and I guess I could, you know, spoiler alert, guys, don't, you know... She has borderline personality disorder. And one of the things with borderline personality disorder is you can be like, okay, I want to do this and I want to do this and really just like get into the hyper and you get a new boyfriend and you want to see the guy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday (laughs) and never do anything else. Yeah. Which when you're in any new relationship can be like that. If it's a friend, if it's a television show, thanks Netflix. Um... (laughs) Yeah, it's like binge seeing the person. Right. Yeah. Especially when you are, like, young Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I was 23. Mm -hmm. I had my own apartment. Like, we lived 15 or 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Not even. We lived 10 minutes away from each other. And, but, I mean, having to go to work at... You know, having to be up for work at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And then people calling me, you know, leaving work at 9 o'clock at night. And then having people call me until 11 o'clock. Yeah. Meant, you know, there was only so much extra time that I could give. Right. And so because of that, like, we had, we did cool things. Yeah. The time that we had together 
we made it, was it count. well spent, right? Yeah, totally. And you know what's funny? That whole thing that we just talked about made me think of Chris Rock in his latest special on Netflix, Tambourine. He talked about how nowadays, 2000s, with the dawn of the iPhone, a 12 year marriage has the same amount of time in it as old school 80 year marriages because those marriages a long time ago the dad would leave for work at eight in the morning and not see his wife again until eight o'clock at night so now you're constantly connected that the amount of time you're connected via the phone and via what are you doing in da is the same amount of time of connection as an 80 year marriage from like 50 years ago and i was like oh my god that's so true like we're getting all this time in that old school marriages never had because they were forced apart it's good to be forced apart so you can miss each other (laughs) yeah and and i think that's another thing that we do as women is we take on the responsibility of feeling like we need to be everything to everyone and we don't give ourselves that alone time where we can be like oh okay i am a full human Mm -hmm. And I can just be a human. Let me just be a human. Yeah, and that's where I'm at right now in this next phase after. like, And my therapist said it too because I technically jumped from Tomas to John and didn't plan to and wasn't looking, but it just kind of happened, and I'm grateful that it did. But now I so feel my own energy for my own. Like, and so I'm kind of in that space now, like forced to be. But during my relationship with John the first year, I was still very much an individual. Like I did dance five days a week on my own. That was very much for me. Like I was doing happy planner and going on these trips like to work. So I did feel very much my own person in that relationship it was only when I quit happy planner and was home so much and started waitressing and lost my identity in that it was a tough year we know but like so needed to get me to now but that's when I started feeling myself kind of compromised and then I think it took a toll on the whole picture so you're right it's such an important need to to keep yourself as a hundred percent you know they always say relationships are 50 50 but they're really a hundred a hundred the healthiest ones are a hundred a hundred So that's important to think. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And you can't love somebody else until you love yourself. Yeah. Or like, I'll even go so far as saying, you can't love anyone else until you understand yourself. Like, yeah, there's even that a little bit. Because I don't think you can love yourself until you understand yourself. (laughs) Like, Not in the best way. Right. And it it takes a lot of energy to love yourself. Mm -hmm. It takes so much energy to love yourself. Yeah. And if you understand yourself, you can do it better and it takes less energy. Yeah. And then you have more energy for other things. Yeah. Allie Edwards recently talked about like, because our one little word, the last one little word episode that we did was such a good one and we got such a good response from it. A lot of people know of it, but she talked about how your one your main one little word you chose for the year has like partner words right yeah yeah and like I've been finding that so far this year with my word found like simplicity has kind of been my it's partner word like just I've been finding joy and ease and simplicity 
and I've been learning that about myself. Like I don't want all this extra outside or material things kind of like I'll be fine with a partner who's like into that just like easy simplicity of like the bare minimum type of stuff of like what life could offer or finding beauty in simple things like just staying home. You know, you don't have to go out all the time. But anyway, then that made me think, so that's kind of what we were talking about where like knowing myself that makes me now know what I need to kind of feel out in another person. And that's kind of what I feel out in the Tinder guy. Like he was very into like just simple, you know, pleasures. Anyway, so then I also recently, Elizabeth Lesser said this on an Oprah Super Soul podcast um, last month in January. And she related it in her story about how she her sister got cancer of like the bones and she had to give her marrow to her sister oh her sister ended up passing away but she related how like the relationship that her and her sister had to form because of that whole experience so they said like you know she had to give her bone marrow but she said there was also a soul marrow like we had to like rid each other of like our old past hang-ups and all that kind of stuff. it was a beautiful episode but she talks, so she talked about love in that way, in like true love of how her and her sister ended up loving each other toward the end. But I, it was so like the perfect thing for me and where I'm at now. Like she said, and what we're talking about, like to be a whole person, right? So she said, you are enough just because you are and find the seed of enoughness in the other person. Give the other person that gift that you're enough too. And that's where the love is. That is the seed of love to people who know who they are in their grand simplicity, seeing each other beyond the labels, beyond the ego, and just being enough with each other. And I was like, that to me is where I'm at now and kind of like love, like understanding that someone is enough. Like I kind of feel like, did I not give John that chance, right, to be enough that I felt, again, red flags and I feel like that relationship in retrospect was supposed to end. But I also think like there's a piece of me that didn't understand that part of like enoughness in a person when you look at a person and still think like there could be more but that also is my relationship OCD kind of saying oh you know doubting whether or not the person is the one or whatever that even means yeah but I I feel that is like your grand simplicity of just being enough for each other Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I feel like that's like the ultimate goal of love, like looking forward. But even still, like we're talking a lot about partner love, but I, it makes me think of Mariandro in this like whole episode of like the next step. Like who's to say I'll even find a guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like I could be alone. Like Mariandro, when we talked with um, Summoning Sparks, what's her name? Meg. Meg. I knew that. See, I know everyone's Instagram handle so well. But when we had that book talk with her and she was saying, Mari Andrew was like at her book talk saying, I don't know if I'll ever find someone, honestly. Like that could be my next step too. And being okay with that. You know what I mean? The unpartnering. Well, I think is like so that's, and that's something super interesting. Yeah. You talk about it. As if it's something that is going to be in your life forever. The unpartnered? But the unpartnered up? The, the, the alone. Oh. But you won't be alone forever. Like, even if you don't find a quote-unquote husband. Right. 
like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and put it back on me for a second because I think it's better for I explain it from my perspective okay. than to try to create a f- <laughs> fictional world on your side. Go ahead. Like me and Jeff have a very great relationship. We are great partners. We do very well together. And like the, everything we were just saying about a person being enough, mm-hmm. we're very good at that yeah. with each other. Um, but we also have this thing that we're very good at where we can see the things that each other can be. And like there's a very fine line with that. Yeah. And and that's something that like that's the like one of those things that you could have to work on as partners. Yeah. But there's this other thing that we could grow apart. You know? Who knows what could happen in the future? Right. We want children. What 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 happens if we can't have children? I you know, I'm thirty three. He has to graduate. We're gonna get married and then have kids. Like what happens if we have trouble with that? Like, what happens if, you know, there are so many things that could change our lives that could drift us apart. You know, when we're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, I, I wouldn't consider that then me winding up alone. I would, con- you know, even if we wound up, this ha- even if this happened next year or two years, mm-hmm. and then I didn't have another person. I don't know if that would be me winding up alone. Mm-hmm. And then if I dated somebody and then I was with them for two years or and then somebody else for five years and then somebody else for 20. I don't think that if you don't have one partner for the rest of your life, then you're alone. I like it. See, th- it, that's like a revolutionary concept to me because I just put these constructs in my brain that I then like rely on is truth (laughs) but you're right you're right you bring up a really good point because like you just said you knew from the time you were 10 years old that your parents should not be together right so the nuclear family is not necessary right so like even if you wanted kids which i know you do you know that you could if push came to shove, raise them by yourself. Or, you know, with a dad that didn't live with you. Even if that wasn't ideal. Right. You can do it. You've seen it done. Right. You're here. You are an amazing person. So is your sister. Yeah. And so those kids, your kids, would turn out even more amazing than you and your sister because you have all of the knowledge that you gained from being a child of divorce Plus, you just being an amazing person. And ever, you know, you would pick out a partner that is amazing because you would be in love and you would have that time together. And just because you weren't together doesn't mean that you're alone. See, and hearing you say it, I'm nodding my head and it rings true. It's so f- weird how it ha- it's a hard time for us to realize things on our own. You know what I mean? Right. It and and it's such a hard time to, to think about in our head. And then when we think about things in our head, 
they aren't the same as when we hear them in words. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It's such an interesting thing about how, like, oh, we think about a cat in our head, and it <laughs> is something. Yeah. And then we hear the word cat, and it can be something else. Yes. And I think what I'm learning, too, is, like, the way that we are mind, body, soul connected and the way that our mind works integrated with all that is it does try to keep us safe, right? I feel like our, it, it's, it's me. So it can only tell us things to try and alleviate the pain. So when you hear it from someone else, it's coming from a source that isn't concerned about like keeping you as safe as you can be. So I think that's what it is, is that then when you hear it, all that integrating mechanisms inside of you are not working with the I information. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> like, like um, with water and like the path of least resistance, mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what your body is doing. Like when you see water running down a stream, it's automatically going to flow the easiest way it knows how. Yeah. And that's what your body, I think, is doing in times of like, well, what's the easiest thing? Yeah. Well, the easiest thing is to get a husband, to get two kids, to get a house, for it to have a white picket fence, and for those kids to be healthy, for them to go to public yeah. school that's down the street, and for like there to be a crossing guard, and for me to be able to watch them, and like for like just life to be easy, and no one to have to worry about anything, and it should just be like that, no problem, and yeah. we'll just be good. Way to go. Yeah. But damn. Yeah. Please. Right. If, if you have a white picket fence and a house and a husband with two kids and a crossing guard that like has your kids walk down the street and your school over there, please raise your hand. <laughs> My house does not have a picket fence, but like honestly, if we have kids, the elementary school is like right there and I could pretty much watch them walk to school. Nice. And then the middle school's across the street and the high school's all the way down. Like <laughs> Like this is why I love this place. Yeah. And like but Life is messy. Yeah. We cannot predict the future. We can only set ourselves up to understand ourselves, understand the people who we want to live our lives with. And do our best. God, always. Me and me and Megan, um, me and Megan always joke around that if anything ever happened to our partners to jake and jeff that we would just get married (laughs) because like it could work well like yeah that's there's so much that you need in a life partner aside from sex although megan is really cute and i really (laughs) like her for sure like she'd probably be really good at it She's, like, very caring yeah. and, like, what can I do for you now type person. Yeah. So. So selfless. She's definitely a helper on the Enneagram. We we um, romanticize these nuclear family options. Mm-hmm. When sometimes those are the most toxic things as well. Yeah. And... And this is going to veer a little bit off to the side because I I just want to make sure that, like, we talk about this for a little bit. Because I think that this is an interesting aside. A couple of the things that I've been reading and seeing and 
I know that this is a mostly women predominantly listened to show. And we talked last week about the importance of having women conversations mm-hmm. and women friends. Um, Horrocks. I took you to Horrocks, right? Sure. In the bathroom at Horrocks, women's bathroom at Horrocks, there is a sign up saying, if you are in an abusive relationship, you can contact this number. Nice. At hospitals, um, this is one of the stories I was reading last night. One of the hospitals, uh, after the women give birth in the hospital, they take the ladies in the bathroom, they turn on the shower, and they ask you, are you in a safe relationship? And one of the things I think we romanticize is being in these nuclear family relationships, being in these relationships where we have, you know, dominant men or not even necessarily men, just people who are dominant and you, they, you know, they take care of you or in, in ways where everyone around you sees good things in people and you're just also not sure. Because mm-hmm. last time we had those conversations about like, you know, you know when to break up with somebody. Right. And sometimes you just have no idea. And like a lot of the times today, we, had, we talked about like, okay, you know, when's the next step? What do you do when you move on? Nuh-uh. A lot of the messaging that we've had today is about how things have become more open. And we've had more ways to talk about things, especially with social media. But I want to make sure that if you're listening today and you feel like we're talking about all relationships being happy-go-lucky and all relationships being, you know, generally good, we see you and we know that you're here. And I'll make sure that we put some domestic violence resources in the show notes. It's hard to know when that is happening. Right. And sometimes you just don't know. Like, sometimes you have no idea that it's happening, whether it's happening physically, emotionally, mentally, financially. And I'm really proud of all of the people who have come out, um, and talked about the financial ways of manipulation in in relationships. Sure. Because I think that it's one of those things, especially when you start to get into new relationships, these are the types of red flags that can go off. Of like, oh, okay, well, he wants to just check on my phone. Or she just wants to check on my phone yeah. to make sure that I'm safe. Or, you know, oh, he doesn't want me to see my friends anymore. Maybe he just doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. Just, you know... There are a lot of us who have come out of long-term relationships and never dated, like, the way dating is shown on, like, some shows or, oh, no, I'm just, like, you know, rambling again. But I just want to make sure that everyone knows there is safe spaces and safe ways to talk about this. Yeah. So there are resources in the show notes for you, and we love you. And whether you are in a relationship or single, you are amazing and wonderful. And what else do we have to say on? I agree. I agree with that, that that this is just to open up the conversation of like the fact that as women, whether or not we're in a relationship, where we're at in the relationship or not that we're in is whole is you know is a big part of our identity or at least society makes us feel this way so 
I feel like that in and of itself, societal pressures make it hard. And even like you're saying, if you're in an abusive relationship, the emotional and societal pressures, you know, come from all ends. And that's like a whole nother level thing. But I'm glad we included it um, at the end of this podcast. But yeah, just that it's such a big part of who we are, the relationships we have, that it was this episode and this topic was bound to happen. And I think we're both at such a unique place from each other that it was good for us to kind of talk it out. And then as always, this could continue in the future or not, or just an open space to kind of have you girls chime in with your stories. Yeah, we would love to hear all of your stories. Um, because it's just the two of us and we have our limited experience. And we would love to hear more about what you guys have to say. So we are going to head over to After Chatter, and I have more to say, like always. Same. And um, we would love it if you supported us on Patreon, which helps us pay for the bills, because the bills are bills, and they need to be paid. They need to get paid. They need to be paid, too. But, you know, get paid, be paid. I can just turn that into one word. All that payment. Bet. They need to bet paid. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I talk now. I just talk with two words and make them <laughs> one word. So bills bet paid. And uh, bills bet paid by all of the amazing women who support us on Patreon. And we're doing an awesome book club this month, this season. Yay! It's called, uh, what is it called, Amanda? The Book That Takes Its Time. A Book That Takes Its Time. By the people who do Flow Magazine. So there are, like, you know, two notebooks inside. um, Like, a million stickers. Like, it's, if you like paper... Then you will like this book. And really good articles just, like, that no doubt some of which will become episode topics at some point. I just There's like so much goodness in there. It's so good. It's the perfect it's, book for the podcast. It's amazing. It's just fantastic. So we're going to go and well, we're going to have a book club episode, obviously, for patrons because they are the best podcast supporters in the whole world. Um, crafty as female patrons, we love you. Thank you for supporting the show. And you can become a supporter too and become a part of the book club and chat with us in all of our extra Discord channels and be just like one of the coolest people on the whole planet. Yeah. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash crafty ass female where you can find us for the after chatter show where we are headed right now. All right, guys, we love you and we'll catch you next week with Gretchen Klobuchar. All right. Yay. Love you. And bye, guys.